Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falkenstein from Falcon Screen, and we are joined by freelance writer and critic Virat Nehru. Hello, people. And Sydney filmmaker, as always, Chris Evans. So we are live. It is Anzac Day, and we have released today the biggest film of not just the year, maybe of... Of all time. All dimensions. Isn't this the most expensive production? Yeah, Uh, the the two-parter. It's part one, guys. There's another one coming next year. Yeah, the the two part production is the most expensive of all time. Yeah, if, uh, it's a thing with the people in it, and it's got a time thing of like two hours and forty minutes. So, uh, what did we all think of part one of this two part film? Well, we should say what the we should basically. Int- I mean, people basically already know what it is. It is. I, a bit- people might not know that it's a two parter though, so it, we have to say yeah, that as much as possible. It, it, it I is. mean, yes, of course, uh, it's it is. Yeah, well, it, it's it is Avengers: Infinity War. And it is starring, well, everyone in the known universe. Uh, basically, anyone and everyone who was in any Avengers film has been in this. And this is the culmination of years and years and years of filmmaking and Marvel entries. Before ten, we... as, the, as the opening logo tells us. Yes, ten. ten years. But before we get into that, speaking of... Uh, well, years of uh, cultural domination. Speaking of cultural domination, um, I have a bit of what might be a surprise to both of you. Do you know what today is? Uh, Avengers War, Infinity War Remembrance The most ambitious day? crossover in cinematic history. <laughs> 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 uh, those, both of those things, but something more a little close to home, something relevant to this show. Um, cast your mind back a little. Ah, is it one year since we started? This is the year anniversary. Oh, of wow. Back. Right. Lest yeah. we forget. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. The first, the first of oh, the first of the appropriate jokes comes out. Wow. Wow. And, uh, oh, wow. Okay. And yes, it is the first anniversary of... Sorry, I couldn't help it. I just thought it was weird with the whole, like, can we remember what day? And I was sure we were leading into a somber Anzac Day remembrance. No, no, I, look, we had this, I, I did my dawn service and community march yeah. this morning. And now we're talking about Infinity War. And I, okay, right, right. I can just picture all the Australian columns going, you know, in overdrive right now. Thank right, you. For that. Right. No, I've, you I've know, ruined us. No, I mean, no disrespect. Hello, well, it's Anzac Day. I just couldn't resist the irony of the, that long <laughs> setup about. But don't you remember this? How special this day is? And then it turns out, no, it's it's just I, us. I probably should have brought more, more of that in context. Fair. But yes, it is our but anniversary. Actually, no, yep. to think about it, yes, us. We have been the most ambitious crossover in radio history. I, um, okay. I oh, think so. Wh- wow. Three dudes talk about film yeah. on radio. Um, yeah, I'm very ambitious. ambitious. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, last year, first movie we reviewed was Guardians Two. Wow. Yes, yes that's Marvel's right. Marvel's cultural domination continues. Yes, that was episode one. This is episode 50, too. So, 50, 50, not 52. This is episode 50 as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, we, did we miss two episodes somehow? Uh, over Christmas, it's, yeah. It's, oh, right. it's ironic that uh, we hate Marvel so much on the show, and yet... Our existence is infinitely tied to Marvel In- existing. Yeah. Infinitely tied, which is a perfect segue <laughs> to talk about Infinity War. So we're very keen to... Do- We've just seen this. We are fresh of the film. Okay, so what it's about. We started before, but we just couldn't resist. Es- essentially, what it is about is over the course of several films now, going back to arguably, I think, Captain America, they've been teasing the idea of these Infinity Stones, which represent these various elements. And the idea that there's this big bad Thanos, played by Josh Brolin, who... 
Thor Dark World. That's when they first make an appearance. The Tesseract appeared at the end of Captain America, the first one. The Infinity Stones were first mentioned in Thor Dark World. Thanos first appeared in <laughs> Avengers. Um, Avengers. <laughs> Avengers. I don't think he was Josh Brolin yet at that point. I might be wrong. I think, you, yeah, he appeared at the very end. Yeah, and he said, fine, I'll do it myself. But it's taken him six years to come around to Time is that. a relative concept. Maybe for him, you know, it's just six years, like six minutes, like a snap Maybe. of his fingers. Maybe. Yeah. And this is the culmination of that, where he decides to um, seek out, using the gauntlet, the Infinity Stones, and accomplish his mission, which this is a spoiler-free episode, so we won't be talking of too much detail about stuff that's not in the trailers. Oh, I think they do explain in the trailer that he, what he wants to do is wipe out half life in the universe. In one of the trailers, they do say that, so we're allowed to, to reveal yeah, that. Fair enough. He is a, he's a very, very big bad. So we will be talking about what we think of this film. Um, I personally, this for me had a lot of the Marvel hang-ups, and I can say that a few things I didn't like about it, but at the end of the day, this is one of the most epic and ambitious film events ever made. And I remember sitting in Iron Man, in Captain America, Avengers, and I'm going to say Civil War, which is probably still my favorite. I haven't really digested this, but I am a big fan of Civil War. Yeah, we we should... Point out that we just saw the movie. Yeah, we literally walked across the road yeah. and are recording this. Yeah, so, so we're we are fresh of the exhaustion of two hours and forty minutes of this ambitious crossover. Of Infinity Wars. Our hot takes are as hot as they come. <laughs> and this felt roundly, if not more epic, than the other pr- films that have come before. And the sense of grandeur that pervaded this entire thing, um, it, they held it up. And I, as much as you know, there was some, it, it's this, one ideal, I felt encaptured for, raptured for the entire time. This had some um, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings pretensions going on, I think. Some of these you know, epic battle scenes we see in the, the Lord Snoke-type dudes in space... Yeah, because yeah. usually I do get sort of tired, just, you know, battle after battle after battle. And I'm like, you know, can we actually get some emotional stakes? And I did really, really enjoy that there were emotional stakes established very early on here. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say what they are, but they were there. The, the problem with Marvel movies, well, the problem, there's lots of problems with Marvel movies. One of which is that it never feels like the heroes are in any real danger, I think, because the the, the universe that they exist in is like this quip fest everyone finds time for a one-liner and um, Marvel strike this light tone where you never have any doubt that things are going to work out okay for the heroes so this movie right off the bat tries to establish oh no that the you know a sense of doom things can actually go wrong people can actually die and that does a lot to make this movie actually bearable because without that that sense of um, actual stakes I feel like the endless stream of battles that the movie is would just be mind-numbing. I mean, yeah, the spectacle is there, but it just gets exhausting yeah, if the, there's no actual emotional undercurrent there. Yeah, yeah. The, the spectacle is there, but like, it, the action does become a little bit monotonous because there's so much of it. I feel, I feel it does that, but I feel it does something even more, which is what the last going back to the Last Jedi now, very another very what well, should be a controversial film was trying to do. I feel this did it a little better. It's that where. It, the quip happy tone lends the idea that these people are infallible or just for enjoyment. But the fact is they showed these heroes as vulnerable in a very interesting way in that 
there are a lot of amazing speeches in many of the Marvel films where characters say what they will do and how they will triumph. And there were a few of those here, but some of them hit a bit of a different note in that they were not trying to be grandiose, or at least the reaction from others and the visceral reaction they were trying to get from the audience was something very different. And it was a pleasure for once to see that these characters are fallible, not just in a physical sense, but in an emotional sense. I mean, yes, these are all big smash up films, but at the end of the day, we are invested in these characters. I've been invested in these characters from the comics, and there's no reason we can't be as invested in these people who have watched for 10 years as any, in any other film. I think what makes it work is... Um Thanos. You know, there's the the constant threat of like Thanos is coming. We see what destruction Thanos causes everywhere he goes. And he himself for the first time really in a Marvel movie, I guess outside of Black Panther, is a vulnerable person, emotionally at least. Physically he seems pretty invulnerable. <laughs> but also at the same time, uh, the actual, you know, threat built up of what Thanos can do actually lives up to the billing which hasn't happened in a Marvel villain for a long time as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. That they've been very underwhelming villains for quite a while. But here, he's actually, he actually does live up to his billing. He which is, a, you know, he, it's a good performance from Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this is only the second film I'm counting on, a Marvel film, and both of them came out this year, where a character with a bad guy was... Diff- was it wasn't just one dimensional. It wasn't a Thor, the Dark World, Christopher Eccleston type I role. I guess they're, they're just trying to address the criticism at this point. Marvel and bad villains, you know, go hand in hand. Having said that, though, I one of my big hang-ups with the film, and it's been my hang-ups with a lot of the Marvel films, was the depiction of Thanos. Now, I love Josh Brolin. He's a superb actor. I'm much more looking forward to seeing him in Deadpool 2 than watching this again, simply because, as I think it was uh, Peter Quill, uh, Chris Pratt's character, says, he calls him Grimace. And as much as he's an interesting <laughs> character, <laughs> it is frustrating and difficult. And uh, You don't just, like how he looks. No, it's simply, <laughs> I would have minded if they've got a, an actor like Josh Brolin who could be large in life Put with him in a, a bit suit? of makeup. In a suit. I would have been okay with that. But there's so much CGI, not just in the action sequences, but in how they depict so many of the characters. It becomes... I'm, and there are times where I feel I may as well be reading the comic book, and that's fine. And But there are a few moments. I remember in the very first Spider-Man film, not the one in this series, but back in 2002, where there's a couple of moments where you can tell it was all practical effects, and I enjoyed those. And those are becoming less and less and less, and it's very marked here. And that's something that really was worrying me about the films where they're, I think, overly reliant on CGI. But yeah. also, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, it's, it just sort of uh, boggles my mind that this movie had to balance audience expectations and also there's so many characters you know i had forgotten how many characters are there in the marvel universe and this reminded me of also very inconsequential characters which had had no interest that weren't in this movie (laughs) (laughs) there are a few notable absences yeah but even then i'm like i had forgotten you know that it's so many people are in this sort of thing and it's how can you forget, man? This is this is like all we've been watching every summer. Yeah, but like it's like <laughs> all we do. <laughs> all we do is talk about Marvel movies. But A.O. Scott from New York Times had my favorite Infinity War joke, which is, "It's a Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are just living in it." Yeah, because it's pretty much it. pretty much it's um, a Marvel's universe. Going back to Thanos, I feel like that yeah, they've made a point of trying to develop him and give him a motivation, but I don't think he had enough of a, a motivation in this movie. Essentially, he wants to wipe out half of the life in the universe, but I just remember thinking, like, and then what? And, like, but why? Like, who is going to say, okay, good job, Thanos? Like, who who does he have relationships with? 
I was more interested because kind of like he wants to be a guide, but like who are the other guides? Like, how does he? When you develop a character, you know, as much as they have here, I feel like you have to go further. Like, who who's going to say pat him on the back and say good good job Thanos, or you could have done better Thanos? Like, wh- what is his sphere? Who is he trying to impress? Does it, he he just stands alone as like some omnipotent villain and that that to me is like a problem of his characterization talking about who he's trying to impress uh, that's very interesting because in the comic book origins of Thanos he definitely is trying to impress someone I'm not going to spoil that as well so the comic book origins of Thanos are very clear into why he's doing what he's trying to do I think that I honestly think that's more interesting than what they did in the movie actually maybe part two might explore that because we don't actually get that motivation of why Thanos is actually doing it and what's the price that he actually has to pay for that who does he stand on equal ground with, you know, yep. all we see in this movie are sycophants who say, "Oh, great Thanos, please do the the killing." Oh, yeah. Well, you always do. We love you, but like, he, what is he lonely? Is he is he not lonely? Like, does he? Wh- who is he? I yeah, still don't really know. After a, stand- a lot of time spent on him, it's such a standard backstory, and I feel. In the flashes we've gotten him before, he was a very one-dimensional character. He did show a surprising range of emotion d- for a Marvel I agree villain. Probably with the that. most ra- biggest range of emotion in this film, and the biggest range of emotion for villains in a Marvel movie for sure. I like that he shows sadness. I yeah. like that he, you know, he's rage, sadness, you know, um, twisted sense of morality. I, I like all of that. I just feel yeah. like if you're going to go all this far. It, it draws attention to the things that are missing. Totally. Because I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that he shows emotion, but I just can't buy the fact that, like, why? Like, what's the... Yeah, what's exactly. This, what I drives him? I was him? thinking, like, yeah, okay, you, but why? Yeah, you know. Um, what actually makes him sad is the fact that, you know, he can cry. Is that enough? Yeah. I need to see why can he cry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What makes him tickle or, like, you I know, see, yeah. whatever. I don't know. Thanos tickling would be funny, though. They do give him a motivation in the film, just for, for those listening, but I, it just... It's very threadbare. Yeah, it didn't feel like enough for me. You you could have inserted it from just about any other film. And he's disposable. Every film, there is a disposable army, a disposable CJ army. There's one in this one. There are a few interesting... There's one interesting character who is his right-hand of sort. But I would have actually liked to explore those things. Because they all just rocked up at this film. None of them have appeared in any of the other exactly. Marvels, with the exception of Gamora and uh, the Karen Gillan character, Nebula. obviously. Nebula. Yeah. Yes. Talking about uh, Tannis' right-hand uh, person, uh, that person and Doctor Strange have an interesting dynamic. So uh, this movie also could have explored that a bit more because that's a very interesting thing because they're supposed to be equals in terms of what powers they possess. But this movie also kind of... Uh, I think chickened out with that. Thing Doctor Strange well. was calling cool this though. I he know, I love it. And he had, I'm going to say, the hands down best scene in this film where he's using time to battle reality. Yeah, and fantastic. It's great. And it showed a fraction of what probably what does go on in the comics and what could have gone on if it's bit more than, I think it was 45 seconds. There's a lot of fights in this film. And I wanted to see more of those. And it also begs the question, there are many times when someone could have come in with just any number of powers and solved a situation, but don't. I mean, there's literally a Deutsche Schmack in a moment where like a guard and a wizard rock up at different occasions to address things and yeah. that's always a bad there's a, sign there's a joke in there somewhere God and a wizard rock up in a bar what do they do order different drinks at different times I don't know I will say um, look this is an action movie so it needs to be evaluated on the action and the Doctor Strange conversation we were just ha- having reminded me yeah it's actually pretty good the opening of this movie is fantastic I was actually oh, I felt great. myself yeah. invested in the action and Marvel's quips always annoy me this has some of the funniest jokes they've actually put in the movie 
And yeah, normally I find the the action unexciting and the quips fall flat. And you know, the, the, that's basically the foundation of Marvel, really: one-liners and long action scenes involving falling things. And this movie has good action scenes involving falling things and decent one-liners, so I guess it's a good Marvel movie. Yeah, there's basically, if you go to any of these action films, Marvel or otherwise, there's basically three settings for an action sequence. One, a major crowded, crowded city. Two, a CGI hellscape. And three, <laughs> nature. And yeah. I prefer the nature ones. All three interesting and all three are in this film. And all three of them are about to be crushed by the giant falling thing other people are battling on in the sky. Uh, yes. It, it, there was no sky beam. Oh, there was. There were a few. There, sp- were, there, there, were, there were some falling. But like, yeah, there were also, sky beams and falling, falling structures that people fight on. I think there, are, there was yeah. at least one, I think. In this sort of Marvel's universe, are we just like the most unsafe planet, period? Like, you know, yeah, we're just, we're just disposable <laughs> sort of things. We just... Like, our jobs as human beings, you know, not because we're not the Avengers, we're normal beings with no powers, is to run and just cry infinitely yeah. with, until someone... Especially if us. we're not American. Are there any superheroes that aren't from America? Uh, Natasha, Ronald. That's it. Um, I'm trying to think. That's a good question. Uh, uh, yeah. Panther, right. Pan- yeah. But, but yeah. that's it. It's, it's, very, it's very new. But people yeah. don't even know that, African, where, this, where this city exists. So I guess, you know, that's just... Uh, and well, no, we know where Wakanda is. Wakanda is near uh, Central Africa. No, no, but like, nobody can find it. Like, it's, it's supposed oh, right. to be hidden, right? Oh, yeah. This is that's the whole the thing. thing. Um, they, I don't think this is a spoiler. At the beginning, at the end of... Oh, sorry. There, there's a question over the status of... Well, kind of. There's a few inconsistencies with some of the other Marvel films. They weren't that big a deal. I I could appreciate that they were made separately, but they are supposed to be part of this one same universe with the internal logical consistency. I, I feel like this is about as good as these movies get. That they're, they're yeah. too much in a trap of irony to ever have you know real emotional stakes. And like, here's the one time that we've lowered it a little bit to actually try and make you cry. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll give props to Joe Russo just the fact that. There's so many characters, and they all have to interact. And the actual interaction between these different people who've supposedly never met, and they're meeting for the first time, the stakes are already pretty high. So they have to get away with the pleasantries very quickly, and yet interact and work as a team somehow. So it's you know what's amazing about this movie? So many characters, but it yeah. doesn't feel like going in and looking at the poster. I was thinking it's going to be just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, everyone's going to like thirty seconds and like yeah, you know, exactly. You, you, oh, you here, you here, you here. Oh my yeah, god, so that, many people. That was the biggest trouble. You know, that was the most difficult task this film had ahead of it, and I think they actually pulled it off really well. It never feels like this is just overloaded with characters. It maybe feels like there's a few too many like mini subplots that aren't that interesting around yeah. the middle, but all of the characters felt like they got a decent amount of development in this like I didn't feel like I was cheated I feel Black Widow could have got a little bit more oh, yeah, we are but, waiting a but why is she her. even in this movie she's yeah. about as useless she, 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 as she, she, non-appearing spoilers Hawkeye you know <laughs> people who, who really uh, have no no yeah, there was reason some, to be here is, is, she, is she a blonde widow now uh, you know because she's blonde. yeah <laughs> I don't know and I got, and what was really important about this film is they bring back a number of the characters who haven't united since age of Ultron and some of the reunions are great as Chris said some of the oh who are you I'm Doctor Strange oh we're using our f- fake names now that was very funny and uh, but I think some of oh, the yeah, interactions there were still some annoying quips because it wouldn't be a Marvel movie without it but yeah, it, yeah they, totally. they worked more often than, than they, they usually do should just give all the quips to Benedict Cumberbatch he has a voice he can say anything and it'll be funny it's fine um, I, one thing we haven't spoken about is a curious interlude in 
a uh, interplanetary body later in the film where a famous actor from Game of Thrones rocks up in an unexpected role. And this this is quite a good bit. I wasn't expecting it at all. I quite enjoyed it. That's one of the subplots where I was feeling like in another movie, okay, but it, it's kind of like not that interesting of all the things we're juggling between. Like yeah, just too uh, much uh, going after on. the initial rush of like, oh my god, it's you! What are you doing here? You know, kind it's of kind thing. of like it's a little bit flat. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like the planet in Guardians of the Galaxy two, where we could have just spent as, as much time exploring. But but that was the trade off of seeing every single person in the film. Um, another thing I'd like to point out is um, my favorite character in the Marvel universe, and always has been, is the Hulk, and. He gets a really interesting showing here because in the early part iterations of the series, he's always portrayed as this character who is just able to at willy-nilly turn into the Hulk. But he has to struggle with all these alter ego here. And it's a very present in the comics and in the TV series. But it's until it hit harder now, it hasn't been present in the movies. And I quite appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, I've never understood, uh, at least in the universe, about how... The Hulk actually becomes the Hulk. Is it something that you just think and you're like, oh my God, I want to be the Hulk now? And you're the Hulk or like, do you like have to be poked and then like angry and argue like, oh my God, I'm the Hulk well, because I've been poked. In the first Avengers, he was always angry, but he's, yeah. not, he's not always angry anymore. Yeah. Is it because he's in love? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and uh, the other thing, <laughs> on, that note, on that note, um, and so we will be back in a moment. We'll be talking about some of our favorite Marvel films and some of the films and cinemas this week. But before we go, we have a challenge for our fellow listeners out there. Um, we saw at the in end the of the film, in the end credits, Chris, you caught it. Do you want to tell us? Yeah, everyone? it says a character from Arrested Development comes thanks to 20th Century Fox Television. We didn't see it at all. We're sure it's probably in there because the Russos who directed this film directed a lot of episodes of Arrested Development. But where did that appear? Was it just yeah. like a, a TV? We were watching somewhere? with a lot of arrested vision, but we couldn't <laughs> find any developments of any characters. So please tell us. Yeah, if you do, please let us know because we'd love to Tobias know. Tobias in this? Well, like Tobias blending in, never nude. Well, oh hiding in the background. Well, who was in? Hey, was Jason it, Bateman. Wasn't he in? It wasn't Buster in Civil War at the very beginning. Was he? And not, not the character, but the actor. Yeah, uh, he was in Love, in- Simon. And uh, uh, American Ultra. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So uh, it could be George way, Michael. Way it could be. It could be Bob Loblaw. It could be. Is her name Anne? I can't yeah, quite remember. Yeah, yeah. But please do let us know. Uh, we will. Yeah. No. Let we, us know. <laughs> we will be back right after this. And that was some music. That was some trailer music. That was good. It was good. I, I liked it. We'll, we'll find it was meant to be Avengers music. That was that was the music from the most ambitious crossover in dramatic history. The most ambitious trailer event. <laughs> uh, the pillars you of don't know, radio. You know, somebody is arriving on Earth. I wonder who could who could be. Well done, Glenn. So, but yes, we are talking about Marvel and not and. Prop and proper Marvel films, not just the score. And we want to talk briefly about our favorite Marvel films. Now, Joy. Yes. Now, <laughs> yes. We we know we know. Joy Chris is was used. a bad film with Bradley Cooper and oh, Jennifer Lawrence. That was terrible. 
It was um, okay. Silver Linings is still right. just above and beyond their best. Their best Talking about that, ever. actually, I'd forgotten Bradley Cooper was actually part of the universe. Because, like, yes. you know, it just he's doing a pretty strong accent, yeah. right? I know. I just don't think Bradley Cooper when you hear. I've, I've been seeing it on red carpets, and I'm like, why are you here? What are you doing? You oh, know. So, oh, so Vin Diesel, you know, uh, Groot. Yeah, but like, He's I don't good, really yeah, care about him. I'm surprised at how good the voice acting is. <laughs> Speaking of which, everyone should watch The Iron Giant, played by Vin Diesel. Oh, right. Right. Is, is The Rock in there as well? Get, no, he isn't. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get people to watch this movie for a long time, but now I can do this to you listeners. Watch The Iron Giant, the animated movie from 1999. The Brad Bird one. Brad Bird. Incredibles 2. Hey, hey. Yeah, uh, but it probably uh, won't be as good as The Iron Giant, so just watch The Iron Giant. I mean, <laughs> I, I, okay. I will be. I, so we want to talk about our favorite Marvel films. We don't. We're, it's still too soon to say whether this is the our favorite one or the best one. Um, no, uh, it's probably the best one. Okay, all right. So it isn't too soon. <laughs> there you go. You have it. Um, I yeah. Let, for let, me, for me, Avengers the, or yeah. Peak excitement for all of us. Like this is a favorite Marvel movie, but look at the excitement levels. It's yeah. like peaking right now in the studio. We love it so much. No, can, can I just say, like, it is peaking. I'm, I'm watching the audio levels, so <laughs> we apologize for all of the fuzzy peaking sounds you're hearing. We, we have been like having a go at aspects of the film, but the fact is there have been people who've been waiting, I, I, I have too, but not to such the same degree, waiting their entire lives to see something like this writ large in the big screen. But I feel like these people have been being indulged for way too long, because I remember when the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie came out in 2002, there was a big board at Fox Studios, as it used to be called, Hoyt's. Um, where they'd had some sort of premiere event and people had written like notes about like text on tech with text or whatever on this board thing. I don't know why, but someone had written something about like you know like wow, I've been waiting my whole life to see these characters on screen. Like wow, thanks Sam, you you did it. That was 15 years ago. Yeah. Like I think these people have totally. been well and truly indulged. <laughs> it was, it's and, time for other people to the, see what they've been waiting to see for their whole lives in, in blockbusters. And with Venom coming out soon too. Oh yeah, yeah. You're actually not excited about this. No, this no, no, no. no. Look, Venom has been in, you know, Spider-Man three, which actually is my favorite Spider-Man movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a fight. We've got a fight here. Yeah, Spider-Man was, three. Oh, Spider-Man three has a lot of the first charm. film. <laughs> Excitement wow. is peaking, and so is our audio levels right now in the Tosia studio. Uh, well, look, it's, it's got the right amount of camp, and like you know, I like it. You know, it's really funny. It's got the funky hairstyle I love that Yeah, I'd be, I, I, I actually love those parts of the movies the, so, the part of the movie that everyone hates a, I think are just top notch it's so that's funny my favorite emo goth I, I've been to that store where he walks out doing the hand roll thing the temptation to you know gel my yeah. hair up and just walk out <laughs> and do the song Oh, almost overwhelming! Yeah, oh my but God. but yeah. What other Marvel movies? Avengers one was good. <laughs> Avengers one. Avengers one. I like that. Maybe that's my favorite. That or this one. Not of this one. Um, and I like to, like to touch on Chris and I were talking about this earlier. I think I found a fellow patron here on this. I everyone seems to talk about the Winter Soldier as one of the greatest Marvel yeah, films. Yeah, I found that movie just totally boring. You mean cold? Overrated. It's very cold, right? Oh yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, but, they, but it's all... yeah. Um. Speaking of cold and cold war, um, everyone always <laughs> says, you know, like, it's a political thriller. You know, it shows Marvel. They're not just superhero movies that are all the same. You know, they, oh, they look, do yeah. Shakespearean tragedies. And this one's like a 70s political. No, it isn't. Just because Robert Redford's in the movie doesn't mean you're watching. <laughs> the like, thing you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not the parallax view, right? Yeah. It's it's just like another Marvel but no, movie. how about we reduce complex political themes to some really interesting yeah, exactly. superhero soldiers about, and take sides? Yeah, how about we have a character to explain the side that you should take? Exactly, because we are dumb. One of them is just really wrong. Yeah, it's and all, the other one is just a dick. And it's always yeah, a problem exactly. when you have to explain the whole plot via a video that, was it Toby 
Oh, that was so yeah. stupid. Oh, the end of that. Yeah, oh, almost as stupid as Dawn of Justice. Oh, that was it was weird. Marvel, Marvel, <laughs> DC, DC will happen, but, uh, and the. Oh, just everything about that film. I was not a fan. And the reveal, the lax reveal, you know what's coming. Yeah, but we know they're bad. What, what movies are good? What movies are good? <laughs> okay. All of them are bad. And man No. 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 Really? 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 The Edgar Wright touch? I know you didn't do the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, there is an Edgar Wright touch towards they the end. They took it away. Sure. That's why. Um, you know? But like, I, I found the, the first half of that really unfunny. Yeah. Like really like going for this like it's a fun time. Hijinks. Also, also like Michael Douglas Cartoons. is still relevant. Why? Michael he, Douglas was the was maybe like the best thing in it. Actually, yeah, that's true. Was way better. He cared way more than Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd just did not, did not give care. It. He did care in Civil War. He was having fun in Civil War. Yeah, true. Um Spider-Man recently was quite good. Yeah. It was okay. No. It didn't really Like most home of these movies, for me. it just was like there was no homecoming. Uh, yeah, boom. It was just like <laughs> typical Yeah. Typical Marvel movie. Yeah. Doctor Strange was okay. Yeah, Doctor okay. Strange. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'll jump on the Benedict Cumberbatch bandwagon. Black Panther. Say. Look, honestly, this Black Panther and um and this one are some of the best. Yeah, yeah, a lot the, of people like really Thor Ragnarok. The, the it, was, it was okay. Yeah. It was fun. It was it fine. Was, it was yeah. It was whatever. It, it was it was aberrational. It was just simple. You can enjoy this. You don't have to think too much about it. I Doctor Strange, I did have issues with, and the fact that I thought it would go in a different direction, it followed the same formula. I like the ending when he's confronting the big villain. Yeah, the best thing about Doctor Strange is the kind of um, weird concepts that they can yeah. take the the action or the plot development in. I, I and think the most that, that was maybe thing, some of the yeah. best stuff in this new Avengers. Yeah, like the the interesting way to use CGI, which has been very heavy in terms of how action in the filmed. Doctor Strange really flipped the script, and I'm like, oh, this is what CGI can do. I'm actually yeah, on board with this. Strange. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. yeah. What else are cool? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, yeah, so that... Also, Benedict Cumberbatch, I love you. Bye. What a marvellous episode. Yeah, why, <laughs> why, why, did he, why isn't he using his natural voice? He has the most beautiful voice. Let him use it. It just sounds silly. He is great. Just let him use his Sherlock voice. Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about me for a moment. <laughs> As we've established in the intro of this episode, for those who've been able to listen to the whole thing, we're all about self-obsession around here at Film Fight Club. Thank you for tuning in to your investors as opposed to our club. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night on on the the fabulous one-year anniversary. And that was Avengers Infinity War and the best of Marvel. It is in cinemas now. will be for a very long time. Stay tuned for more amazing programming on 2SL. There's Glenn Falcon, Chris Evans, and they will have a wonderful night. Enjoy movies. Good night. (laughs)